we all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us. It can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Grebe. Let's do this with the Should Theory. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back to Should Theory. I am here with Paula Talesian today, and she is going to share her adventures, her stories of shift, change, and success, forging her own path, and all the good things that we love to talk about here at Should Theory. I am Tara Grieve, in case you forgot who you're listening to. Paula, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Awesome is a great way to be. Paula, why don't we start by you telling the listeners just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll move right through your story. Did you? Did I freeze Sorry. on you? Yeah, the connection is bad. Yeah, you froze too. <laughs> That's weird. And I'm good. I got full lines. All right, we'll start again. Ready? Okay. Okay. So pretend it's counting down. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Should Theory. I'm so glad that you are back for another episode of Shifts, Life Changes, and Forging Your Own Path. I am your host, Tara Grieb, and today I have Paula Talesian with me. Paula, how are you? I am awesome. Thank you, and thank you for having me here. My pleasure. Why don't we just start right into it and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I am a an artist, a mindset mentor, business mentor, and author, and single parent of three Demon Spawn, who are now older, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow own too many cats, and I spend way too much time around horses. So, Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. Three demon spawn. It's amazing how they go through that demon spawn phase, isn't it? Yes. I'm still (laughs) waiting for it to end. Oh, my goodness. How old are your kids? 14, 16, and 21. Oh, okay. So you should be close with the 21-year-old. Yes. yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's let's start um, backtracking to where you were in your life when you said, hmm, something's not vibing right for me and I feel like I need to make some changes. Well, actually, I have a few instances like that and they're all dramatic because I don't do anything that isn't dramatic. It's got to be big. All right. Go, 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 go home. (laughs) Yes. So I ran a tech company for a long time as a Mm -hmm. programmer and all that. Uh, I ran it from my basement so I could sort of be there with my kids and it ended up becoming the main source of the familial income when I was married. Yeah. Um, but I knew I was stressed out. I knew I was missing something. Mm -hmm. And if we backtrack a tiny little bit further, I went to school for art. Ah. So artist, creative. I love programming computers, but I loved also painting and creating art. But I opted for the programming because, you know, it's an easier way to get money. You Mm -hmm. get a lot more money faster. You can build up a really good business. Right. So here I am in my early 40s, 42, the magic number if you're a nerd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm thinking... I hate everything about my life. Mm. I hate everything. I'm stressed to the max. I've got two of my kids have um, um, special needs. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I'm going to die at my desk. And my doctor was saying the same thing. You are going to die at your desk. 
And me being me went, you know what? I'm going to double down and work harder. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I did start allowing art into my life because I hadn't allowed it in for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And I started doing things like paint nights and all that. You know, the silly things that you do to sort of connect with people. Because when yeah. you're self-employed, working from home and all that, you end up not really Talking being to humans. To who, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the tech industry, right? I think. I feel like that would be my my preconceived notion, right? Tech industry is very bits and bites and not a lot of discussions and insights. And being a woman in tech, I can do a whole podcast on that. It's oh, not a boy. Yes. Especially yep. in the 90s and early 2000s. Yes. So so I'm driving home from this this paint night thinking, you know, I wish I could seriously just do art. I'm tired of everything. I hate everything. I'm supporting the family. Um, and uh, I wish I could just do art for a living. I want to do art for a living. I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving along the highway, now I'm in Ontario and our busiest highway, actually in Canada, is the 401. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a divided highway, mm-hmm. a million people on it. And I'm driving along in the left lane doing a hundred and <clears throat> more than a hundred <laughs> <laughs> per hour. And the highway's crowded. And I'm thinking, you know, as you, as you just drive, you sort of yeah. late at night. And I'm thinking, there's headlights coming at me. <gasps> That's not right. Oh no. <laughs> coming at me in the left lane oh, no. on a highway where I have no shoulder on my left and I have cars beside me on the oh, right. Oh my God. Uh-huh. See, I told you dramatic, right? Yeah. It's never going to not be dramatic in my life. And I just went, um, holy. Yeah. I don't know if I can swear on this. You can say holy, holy shit. shit. <laughs> Go for it. I'm saying holy shit and I don't, I'm not even the person. Go ahead. Right? Holy shit, I'm going yeah. to die. Yeah. I am going to die. It's what I call a certain death experience. So, you know, spoilers, I didn't die. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I really have no memory of what happened. Okay. All I know is that the car somehow went past me. Maybe I got to a point where there was a shoulder. Right. I don't know. But in that moment of holy shit, I'm going to die. And yeah. They're doing a hundred and something and I'm doing a hundred and something. We're coming at each other like a terrible math problem. Yeah. I was just like, I have wasted my life. I have wasted my entire life. You're not supposed to live your life hating everything. Of yeah. course, I love my children. I loved my children then too, of course. Absolutely. And I loved where I lived and all that, but I did not love my life. I was not the star of my life. You know, mm. I was the person who supported everybody, who facilitated everything, who went last. I got the last bit of food. I got the last uh, medical appointments. If I even took them at all, mm-hmm. I got the last, last, last. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that moment, I was just like, what have I done? I haven't taught my kids how to live. I haven't achieved any dreams at all, aside from financially, because yay tech. Um, you know, I hadn't done anything. Yeah. And when that car passed me, followed by eight police cars on the other side of the highway, yeah. <laughs> which I assume the person was drunk or, sure. or had dementia or something, but whatever. Um, I just went every second from this point on is a plus. It's I, golden. I it's have to deal. stop you right where you are because there is so much that you have said that is speaking to me personally right now. And I'm sure there are people listening that feel the exact same way. And I just want to process it because it's hard to hear something like that and then keep going because I feel yeah. like the listeners, I know how I feel right now. I was like, well, wait, wait, wait. Let's unpack what you just said. So let's do that. Okay. All right. So here's what's speaking to me. Like you, I have been the breadwinner in my family my entire my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, simply by just the way it has worked out. Like you, I was checking the boxes saying, you know, oh, this is a more responsible, reliable way to make money or make a living, whatever. Like you, I was often and still, you know, do that to this time where um 
just inserting my own story, I was I always had a career mom in that order is what I tell people versus myself who tries to be a mom with a career in that order. Um, and so, you know, I, I know that juggle that you're talking about, but I also know that feeling of, of there's something missing. And I would add, how dare I want something different when I'm responsible for all of these other things? You know, that's selfish. That's, um, you know, how would it affect my family in your case, if I stopped being a tech person and, and bringing in this income for the family to, to go do art, which may or may not make any money, let alone enough money, whatever that number is, um, that's a really crappy place to be because um, you feel indebted and responsible, but then you also feel empty. And then you feel bad for feeling empty. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, How dare exactly. I feel empty? I have this great career. You know, I, I love my family. What's wrong with me for feeling empty? Why? You know, that's selfish. So I just wanted to unpack everything that you just said. And then the thing that you said the most, I have wasted my entire life. I was not the star of my life. And I think women especially feel like we're not supposed to be the stars of our life, especially for moms. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, you think? Yeah, absolutely. And culturally, um, because I'm Eastern European, also that's what you, I was taught growing up. Women go to the kitchen, men go and, and do what men yeah, do. Yeah, right? yeah. So there was this whole sense of you grow up, you have your dreams while you're young and a teenager, and then you go out and have a million children and, you know, sling a million pierogies at them and, and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do love a good pierogi. However... <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. I can tell we're going to have fun with this conversation, Paula. <laughs> all right. I don't want to stop your story. So we've unpacked that a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. So you had a near-death experience. You watched this happen. Miraculously, you were not injured. But your epiphany is, I've, wa- I'm, I've wasted my life. And you're 42. Yeah. Now, yeah, let's say this too before we move forward. Going back to those old-fashioned beliefs of women belong here and men belong here and, you know, women shouldn't be the breadwinner in their family, blah, blah, blah. There's a should for you. Um, Is the other one that you just said another one, which is um, how, I don't even know how I want to word what I want to say, but, you know, you have these ideas of what you want to do. How do you even begin to go about what you're thinking in your head and how do you give yourself permission to do that? Um, I knew it would be a slap to whatever gave me that space to stay alive if I didn't do something. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about every second, every minute, every hour, every day following that certain death experience was a gift. And then you go, oh, well, I'm going to return it for shoes or something instead, (laughs) you know, which essentially would have been the case had I not moved forward. Um, you know, trading, trading my happiness, my well-being, my joy continually, having not learned that dramatic, insane yeah. lesson. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how, how dare selfish. you, right? Yeah. 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 So, so that happened in March. Um, and by July, I was looking for a studio outside my house. I lived in a little community of 9,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and 8,500 of them were horrible, I discovered later on. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> um, and I was looking for a studio outside my house. And I told my husband, you know, you need to get a job um, because he wasn't working. He was okay. su- supporting my business, but he wasn't working mm-hmm. because I need to be an artist. I can't do this any longer. I'm going to mm. die at my desk. And he said no. <gasps> and that was my second sign. That wow. was the first real nail in the coffin in the marriage. When he I was said not no. expecting that curveball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably you weren't either. <laughs> I, I kind of wasn't. I knew he didn't like change. I knew everything with him was very resistant. He wanted things away because, I mean, he's a little bit older than me, but almost like a completely different mindset, like a whole different generation. Yeah. Mindset. And so he said, no. He said, we're comfortable. You're responsible for us. Um, you, you're you not allowed to, to do this thing. Oh, and my I God. That went, is like nails on a chalkboard you. to me right now. Yeah. You're not allowed to uh-huh. do this. Here I'm asking you about giving yourself permission and you're uh-huh. asking your husband permission in theory. Yeah. And he denied it. I was asking it. him for support and, uh, and it was a no. I really and wish that the listeners could see my face right now <laughs> because my jaw is like on my laptop. I can't. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and that, that was a huge sign that my marriage wasn't what I thought it was. Yeah. So it started opening my eyes up big time. He also told me I knew I couldn't get tattoos. I've got 10 now. So you know, whatever. <laughs> my body, right? That's right. <laughs> so so um, I started producing my body of work seriously. I'd been painting for a little while at that point, but I started producing a serious body of work that September. So March, I had the thing. July, he said, no, September, I went, you know what? I'm spending 30 days. I'm going to see if I can make 30 paintings. And I'm a portrait artist. Okay. So 30 portraits. Okay. I made 25, 21 were good. And that's while juggling the kids, while working full-time in my business. You know, I was basically working, you know, from the minute I got up 7 a.m. or whatever, 6 a.m. till midnight. And then, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, whatever. Yeah. At the end of September, I sort of went, well, what am I going to do with that? I've got now pieces I can sell. And because I've been posting on Instagram and whatever um, and social media and all that, I ended up getting asked to go to a show, getting on the radio, having a gallery show, started touring around. Now I did pop culture portraits. I started doing the Comic-Con tour. I got a rep. Like everything just built on itself. Mm. And in the background, my husband, my ex-husband was sabotaging everything, my inventory, my schedule, my everything. So, you know, little bits there and it gets kind of boring, you know, to a certain point, marriage ended, it ended in an unpleasant way. And I knew I had to pivot. Right. Tech company closed. I had to, um, I couldn't produce art. It was really hard because Mm. we were going through all of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, When I say the marriage ended unpleasantly, it was alcohol and violence and not mine. Yeah. Um, and sold our house from the minute the violence happened to the minute we were in a rental was three months. We sold everything. I lost everything. Yeah. Started again. (laughs) There is a pivot. I just went, I'm not going back to tech. I'm too burnt out. I need to respect where I am. Mm -hmm. I can't produce art right now. Um, not at the same quantity I was producing and, um, I became an art marketing teacher. So I started getting clients, teaching them how to sell art because I knew how to do it, right? So mm-hmm. in the five years I was selling my art, I was on the international stage. I, celebrities have my art. My art's in private collections around the world. I had a show um, in Europe, you know, things like that. Like yeah. it really exploded. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't double down and, and ride myself hard. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching artists how to, um, you know, run their own businesses, set themselves up, get through the stuff that artists miss. You know, they miss how to market, but they know how to paint or create their work. Right. Miss how to talk to clients. Don't, you know, teach them how to, why people buy art in the first place ah. and things like that. Right. Get that clarity. And it was going well, but 
I was missing something. Mm. <laughs> and so um, I was partnered with a really wonderful person, but not a great business partner. Okay. And just because I work hard, I work really hard. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I'm writing books at the same time. I've got mm-hmm. seven or eight books out under my own name and and quite a few under pen names. Mm-hmm. And try to get this business going. And um, she had a different direction where she wanted to go, which is fine. And then I pulled the plug on the business this July. This July, like a month ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I said, I can't do it anymore. I can't work my ass off and still be short of money every month. Right, right. Because one of us is working and one of us is not. Right. Yeah. So that was my pivot. And now, now I'm where I'm at right now, which is teaching business owners how to successfully run businesses on their own, solopreneurs, and really streamline things and lose the extra stuff. Because Mm. at this point, I've run a few businesses. Yeah. (laughs) Successfully, I might add. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But it all started with that one pivot, that certain death experience to choose myself. And then from there, it's almost like a refining, you know, this isn't quite the right path, but stay on it until you're absolutely miserable. You know, this isn't the right path, but stay on it until you, you know, you realize you can't take one more step forward. Luckily, I'm smart enough not to need another certain death experience. Yeah. change path a little bit sooner. Well, and I think, you know, what's standing out to me in listening to your story is you, you gave first your you had your first push that you had to do something. And I feel like for some it's it's that first step. You know, it's you're you're afraid of heights and it's that first step to look over the edge, you know, and see what's down there before you go okay, that was a little scary, but maybe I'll look a little longer this next time. And and it's it's taking that first step, that baby step, get, makes it that much easier. You know, you go to the gym, just go one time, see how you feel. You know, you, um, you tell your husband, this is what I need from you and this is what I want to do. And they say, whatever they say. And from that, you go, okay, now I'm going to make my next step. So I think, um, you know, giving yourself permission, realizing you don't need anybody else's permission is the first message I'm hearing from what you're telling me. And I think the second thing that I'm hearing from what you're telling me is another thing that I like to say all the time, which is, you know, pivot, but be willing to say, I, I did the pivot. It's not the right thing. I'm going to drop back and punt if that makes sense, you know? And so how can I word that again? So I pivoted and too many people make that pivot and say, I made the change. You know, I chose this new path. I can't change again. I'm, I, I just have to stick with my new path. And that's not the case. For, you know, you just said it. I, I know I need something different. I think it's this. So you did it. You made it work for you for a while. And you went, yeah, no, that's not it. Change again. Do it for a while. Nope, that's not it pivot again. And that's the, that's the lesson, right? The overall lesson is not making the change and, and finding the second thing, um, and sticking with it. I think the lesson is making a, a conscious decision to move when you're dissatisfied anytime, as many times as that happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in doing so you, you reinforce that you choose yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, 
I would have liked the art to continue. It's too wrapped up, unfortunately, for me in trauma to really to really have it happen. And respecting that of yeah. myself is a huge, huge thing. I do want to point out one of the reasons I didn't jump as fast as I'd wanted to, I had yeah. to wait for my ex to be violent, um, was because I was afraid for my kids. Yeah. What if I chose myself and I harmed them in the process? Yeah, absolutely. What if I exploded our life and caused them more suffering? Yeah. You know, I think let's let's spend a few seconds on that. I am divorced myself uh, and remarried. And I think, um, you know, that is a struggle that we go through when we're considering ending a marriage in the first place, which mm-hmm. is you know, what lesson am I teaching my children? You know, countless people who stay together for the children or like you said, um, you know, really have to make a calculated decision about is it the right time? Is it the right answer? When is the right time? And this is not putting out a judgment on anybody's choice or timing or process because it's really different for everybody in, in their situation. However, I will say this, and you alluded to it earlier, you know, what kind of an example am I setting for my kids? You asked yourself that question. And I would say, you know, that's for me, um, what I went through was, you know, what am I teaching my children a strong, good, happy marriage looks like? Beyond anything else, right? Mm -hmm. They are going to spend 18 years, give or take, um, in this situation. And from it, subconsciously or otherwise, they are going to see that in their opinion, this is what marriages and families are supposed to look like because it will be their experience. And so am I giving them an experience I want them to replicate or am I giving them an experience they're going to have to come up with the opposite of, right? If you have a parent who's an alcoholic, chances are most people either become one themselves or are so... I don't, I'm disgusted by it or bothered by it, hurt by it, that they barely drink at all, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true. So, you know, going back to what you said, I had to choose the right time because what if, you know, I make this choice and it's detrimental to my kids? And I, it's a struggle that I think everybody has, um, not just with that decision, but with all the decisions. What if I cho- make this choice to leave my job that provides good income and it doesn't work and we don't have enough money and my kids suffer or I can't provide good food on the table. I can't, you know, give them the field trips and the experiences and the karate lessons that they want. I mean, I don't know, making it up. But um, yeah, I think those are struggles that we all really have to think about. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, it was so important, too, because it's it's I wish somebody had said this to me. Um, about the things I was considering, but I really didn't have sort of friends in the same situation. Yeah. And so I learned a couple of things. Number one is when I chose art and made it a priority, my kids all changed direction. And they told me this um, recently. Purposefully or or collaterally. It was just, it was really incredible. So my kids also were like, you know, we're going to go to school, get a shitty job, work really hard and die. That was their view of life. Mm. So when I changed direction, my oldest um, changed direction, started becoming interested in design and, and creating collages and things like that. So she was in, I think, grade seven at the time. Yeah. um, Seven, eight. And, um, she ended up in the art high school in London. You have to apply to get in and then you have to, you know, really prove yourself while you're there or they kick you out. So she went through that, a path that she never would have picked if yeah. I hadn't done it. 
my son did the same thing only now he's decided art isn't his thing but he wants to be a welder and, and do sort of creativity mm-hmm. through welding yeah. and my youngest just got into the art high school mm. this is these are paths that they would not have taken if I hadn't done that because the, um, the lesson they would have learned by watching you is you get a job that's reliable if not enjoyable yeah and that's yeah. what you do Exactly. Or you hate your job and resent your family, which is pretty much, I mean, I thought I was hiding it, but apparently I wasn't, Yeah. you know, so, so you, I was modeling for them a poor marriage and poor work sort of attitude um, and and a poor attitude towards myself. Choosing Mm. myself last also showed them that the minute they hit adulthood, they weren't going to be on the the board anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so many strong lessons from your story. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I'm overwhelmed <laughs> in a good way um, with all of the insights that you're bringing. So, okay. So last July, I'm trying to get back to where we were because I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm in, got so many tangents I could talk about. This could be three hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, so last July, just a month ago, you ended and now you have said, okay, I'm going to help people run businesses in general. So tell me about that transition and what you've had to do in the past month, because it's so recent. I think people will benefit from hearing about, I had to do this so that I could do this. Exactly. Well, it it may sound a bit impulsive um, and it wasn't quite so impulsive because I like to project. So I like to know that I've got income coming in. Uh So sort of last November, I was looking and projecting the income for 2021 and went, we're not going to make targets at all Uh because everything I set into place um, was being vetoed. This is a problem with having a business partner. I mean, having a business partner is great because they they fit in where you don't. So I'm a little less outgoing than Mm -hmm. she is, um, but I'm also a lot more planny. Yeah. (laughs) fit really well in the computer programmer model. I like to plan. I like to know what's happening in six months and actually have, you know, a big plan in place. So when I did the projections, I went, this isn't going to work, but I'm going to stick with it because, you know, I don't want to leap too frequently and whatever. Um, So the July thing, I just sort of looked at the income for the past six months from June to um, back to January and went, wow, we're not even close to even reaching last year's targets. Mm -hmm. Um, This has to end. Got to pull the plug. Right. So, uh, so I had a meeting with her and, and, uh, she'd been feeling the same thing because my push to work was against her mm-hmm. way of working. Mm-hmm. So it was mutual. Um, but I think if I hadn't pulled the plug, we would still be chugging along. On. Yeah. So I knew from working with all these artists one-to-one and in groups that I love business. I love, love, love business. I love helping people sort themselves out. And on the side, I'd been quietly doing that anyway, helping mm-hmm. a few people mm-hmm. get themselves sorted. And it's the streamlining, you know, like again, computer programmer, I see how to get from A to B without mm. all the side yeah. uh, side quests. Right, you know? right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so when I look at a business and I'm like, I can, you know, you you want to do this and get to this point, but why are you going off in these directions? Let's just, you know, clean the map up. Just drop it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Put it mm-hmm. aside. You'll deal with it later. Put it on your calendar for this time next yeah. year kind of thing. And suddenly they were getting results. One of my one of my clients is a um, TikTok entertainer and uh, she's like quadrupled her following and and has like crazy fan accounts now for her stuff because, you know. Hey, it's Tara. I sure hope you're enjoying this episode. But I have a question for you. How do you handle adversity? Challenges? Self-doubt? How about setbacks? Yeah, same with me. That is why I created my new course called Overcoming Obstacles. 
helps you build grit, resilience, determination, and find a way to work through those challenges without wanting to quit towards that goal that you're working for. And here's the best part, is a completely independent self-paced course, four modules, 20 lessons, and extra worksheets and affirmations to help you along the way. Do it in your way, at your pace, whenever you want, and however you want. Go to www.taragreeve.com or find the link in the show notes. Learn more about my program and get started overcoming those obstacles so you can move closer to that goal you've set for yourself. Now, let's get back to this episode. We cleaned up what she was offering. Mm. So I love that. Yeah. Simplicity. I love that. And I think, you know, the other thing that I've I've seen time and time again in, in you telling your story is when you make a decision to shift, even if you're not sure in what direction or how, the opportunities present themselves to you. You know, mm-hmm. you were posting your artwork on Instagram and, and people started inquiring, right? You um, were quietly helping people on the side streamline their business processes and all of a sudden it was oh I can do this and make income this way and I think that's the the other message is you know there are so many opportunities that people just don't realize are an opportunity you think it's an event not an opportunity you know oh yeah I helped Susie with her business great wait I can help other people with their business you know and we see it as a single event and don't realize the potential that lies behind some of the things that that occur in our lives yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's important to pay attention to feelings. So I know, like, like, I can say a whole bunch of stuff, because mm-hmm. I'm really good at trying to convince myself logically to do things. Yeah. But if my body is going hell no, if I get sick, if I have resistance or procrastination, then I need to pay attention, mm-hmm. because it's the actions that speak to what I really want, yeah. rather than what I say I want. Yeah. So, so yeah, I started looking around going, okay, I'm actually helping these people and making this difference. And I know on my own two feet, I can, you know, make a really good future for myself and my children um, and then throw them out of the house, you know, but Mm. (laughs) um, I I couldn't do it in the situation I was in. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like I was reluctant to do to do that leap. And I should have done it a few months earlier um, because it felt as big as ending my marriage in so many ways. But then I was saying to one of my friends that, you know, I've already ended my marriage. That was the biggest ending of all. That was the biggest pivot and change and shift and financial yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Um, this is nothing. This is absolutely nothing. I can get up and running fast. And it's amazing. You know, I've had people who from my past from 20 years ago show up and go, hey, listen, I'm here to help you. Um, I've got these connections. Let's sort things out. I've had, you know, things fall into my lap. Like I needed some training on whatever. And all of a sudden I was invited to join a beta group to run through testing Mm. of somebody's program of exactly what I needed. And I say yes to everything. Right. And if it's if it's a no, like I don't procrastinate learn either, but it was just like the right thing at the right time. I just got a scholarship for a program that I really wanted, but, Mm -hmm. you know, realistically can't afford. Um, And they just went, yep, we picked you out of however many people applied. You got it. So, yay. yay. You know, like, but it's because I'm looking around and thinking, okay, what opportunities are there? What can I say yes to? I um I would talked a few weeks back to uh, Linda Gallant who uh, was a baker turned artist uh, at the age of fifty six fifty seven and um, similarly to what you were saying she 
was in a spot where she said, I'm going to say yes to everything for a year, whatever it is. And my podcast, being on my podcast was the first one that she had ever, you know, been on to tell her story. And she was so scared. Um, And that still is my number one downloaded episode because it's just so full of just real feelings and process. And, And her year of saying yes has turned into so many opportunities for her. And I think that's something that people can really embrace even if you don't know what direction you want to go in, just say yes to things that present themselves to you. You want to go hiking? Normally I'd say no, but yeah, this is the year of yes. So yes, I want to go hiking. And you never know, you know, mm-hmm. what you might discover. So yeah. um, I would love it if you would tell people um, if they're interested in your help or your artwork, I guess, because it's out there too, where can they find you and everything associated with you? Well, for business help, 0%luck.com is where you would find me. What a great name. Yeah. Your success is 0% luck because <laughs> it's all about planning and whatever. So um, you could find me there. And um, for my writing, and there's a little bit of art on the site. I'm not really selling my art professionally anymore. Yeah. I decided to simplify. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> eating my own dog food. Yeah. My writing and some examples of my art are at paulatalesian.com. All right. And, and we'll have that linked for sure. My very first book. Um, fast track your midlife crisis has the full story of my certain death experience and every exercise I used to create change in my life. I love that. And that's available on Amazon, but you can also get it through my site. Love that. All right. So I want to throw at you, um, my four questions that I always ask everybody and see how it goes. So the first one is, um, as you're making all these shifts and, you know, having all of these pivots and epiphanies, what would you say is a negative should that still rings in your ears every now and then that makes you hesitate or second guess yourself? Negative should in terms of anything like I should have done something or whatever could be, or I shouldn't whatever, or yeah, I should never have gotten married. Mm. That was, there. Were, I had ignored red flags. Um, I was 19 when I met him, Mm -hmm. um, 26 when we got married. So, cause I wanted to get through school and all that red flags right down to our basic values were very different, but I just went, you know what? Um, I had a rough childhood and he wasn't that great for me. And I just thought nobody else would pick me. So, so that was, that was my biggest thing is I shouldn't have married him. Yeah. Uh, but I would have missed out on my kids. Right. Honestly, like they're amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. every parent says says that, but actually I have the best kids in the world. So everybody else can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, the other thing was that I, I should have listened to myself sooner. I love mm. traveling. Traveling is my thing. Staying tied down is really, really difficult for me. And when I had money, then the children were young. I should have taken them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I didn't because I listened to my ex. Yes. So, so I honored that should in uh, 2017 when I traveled outside the country for the first time in 20 years. Mm. And I got my passport in January, even though I had no plans, no, no, nothing. I just got my passport because I thought, how can I travel? How can the opportunities for travel open up if I don't have a passport? So I went and got my passport feeling silly for wasting money, even Mm. though it was minimal um, and wasting time and whatever. And then it was like a month later and opportunities presented themselves. And by August, September, October, and December, all the way through the last quarter of the year, I was traveling, you know, UK and Europe. 
And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't got my passport, if I hadn't actually paved the way for the opportunity to come to me. Mm -hmm. It would have been just like, sorry, I can't do it. I have no passport. Right. And I didn't know how to buy an airplane ticket until I had done the whole Comic-Con circuit. I'd never even gotten a hotel room by myself. Wow. So all these things gave me the abilities. I, I called in people. I asked for help. Everybody thought I was a bit nuts because I was, uh, you know, concerned about doing it right. Sure. Missing something. But uh, everything just sort of came into place. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I love that. And on the opposite side of that, what would you say is the positive should or shoulds that motivate you to keep trucking and keep pivoting where need be? I have faith in, um, I don't know, everything working out. Everything everything is an opportunity, negative or positive. Mm. You know, I don't, as much as I'd like to say I shouldn't have gotten married or whatever, I don't wish I didn't get married. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah the difference, right? Mm -hmm. um, because that's an opportunity for me to learn not only about myself, but about how to interact with other people. There's life lessons in the whole 20 years I was married. Yeah. Um, you know, and the incredible lessons I've had in the past three years, because marriage only ended three years ago. Mm. So um, yeah, um, it's just that that whole faith that, that um, I can take something away from it. And maybe even just share that experience outward. I don't want to save somebody from pain because we grow. We do. Um, when we're when we're in sort of difficulty yeah. and you can't, I mean, you can't like forge a sword without smashing it, mm -hmm. right? But maybe some of the lessons can be made a little bit easier knowing that you're not alone going through it. Absolutely. So knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself when this journey started? Everything is going to work out but not at all like you think. Mm. But the ultimate, ultimate thing is that my youngest, who was 12 and now 14, mm -hmm. um, thanked me for really? giving them a better home, a better life, and, you know, that ability to be themselves without conflict, without being afraid of their father, mm. you know, stuff like that. And I thought, what 12-year-old thanks their parent for completely turning their life upside that down? That is so... Um uplifting and probably necessary for some people to hear right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was moved. I mean, it's something I carry within myself. Every time I think, what have I done? When I look, you know, if money's tight and I look in my cupboard and I'm like, we got beans again, mm. uh, you know? Um, and I think, what have I done? My kids are all like, no, we're, we're so good. much happier and I can see them thrive. Mm. So it's the stuff doesn't matter. It's the environment. It's the love. It's the, the freedom to be yourself. And you said earlier, you know, you thought you were fooling them and, and you weren't. No, yeah. not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. They, they had such a different outlook on life. And, um, you know, it's they're a reflection of what we put out in the world. They, they're not me. But yeah. they are certainly reflecting what I was putting out. When I saw what I was putting out, I was like, fuck. Yeah. You know? And I wow. think also the the uh, ability to, instead of saying, oh, universe, I really want to be an, a famous artist, let's say, in your case. Mm -hmm. um, instead, it's universe, I really want to be what I'm supposed to be and let, let it come to you instead of, because you, know, you ask for something specific because in the moment you think that's what is best. Mm -hmm. And really, there could be some other amazing path for you that you don't even know about. Yeah. 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 So it goes exactly. right to what you just said. Everything's going to work out, but not the way you think. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? You're supposed to put your work out there. 
Mm. Not everybody's supposed to like it, but you're supposed to put your work out there. Mm. When you don't put your work out there, you are stealing from the collective culture and knowledge of humanity. Wow. That's great. <laughs> I'm absorbing <laughs> that. Um, all right. So here's what I would like to do as I, as I tend to do is just go back um, and go through the gems that you've said while we've been talking and you have quite a few here. So while we've talked, um, you talked about your crazy near-death experience and your realization in that moment, I have wasted my entire life. I was not the star of my life. And isn't it sad that you have to have some kind of a, a complete loss, teetering on the edge of complete loss to have a realization like that? Um, I like this that you said, I am alive. It is a gift. Don't return the gift. Meaning, once you've had this realization, act on it. Don't ignore it because how how that's the ungrateful, selfish act right there. Um, you said first pivot, then refine. Meaning, make that change and then clean it up afterwards. Right? Re pinpoint your direction afterwards. Um, you said reinforce that you choose yourself which I think is very, very strong. We often don't take the time to choose ourselves. Um, this was big for me, being in a similar situation to you. You said, when I chose art, my, my kids changed direction because I showed them the possibility. I was modeling life for them. And I think it's important to point out that if you don't make that change of direction, you are still modeling life for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, say yes to everything. Um, and you said, you have to pave the way for opportunity to come to you. And that's something that we need to all be cognizant of. You said, everything is an opportunity to learn. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. You said, you should have listened to yourself sooner. So many people say that on this show. And so many of us hear it, but don't follow it right? Well, it's not the yeah. right time yet. And the overarching message, you should have listened to yourself sooner. You said everything is going to work out, but not the way you think and be okay with that. And finally, you are supposed to put your work out there. Not everyone has to like it. Mm -hmm. Such amazing messages from you today, Paula. I, I knew we were going to have a good talk. I didn't think it was going to be this good. I have enjoyed this one. Uh, and taken so much away from this one more than I have in a while. So I am jazzed. And I hope that the listeners are just as jazzed listening Yay. to you. Yeah. Thank you. What a what an inspirational conversation we have had. I would love to encourage everybody to check Paula out, uh, 0%luck.com, if you want guidance in your business. Paula Talesian, that is T-E-L. IZYN.com if you want all the other great things that Paula puts out. I will have links to all of that in the show notes. And listen, if you are as blown away as I am right now from this conversation, and if you are taking all of these gems of wisdom and saying, I need to re-listen to this episode because it was that good, 
please leave a rating and please leave a comment because those ratings and those comments help us to get to other people. And when you're shopping through all of the options of podcasts to read a comment that says, man, I get some great gems of wisdom from this show or whatever you think is awesome about this show, uh, it helps other people find us and listen to it. We really appreciate that. Paula does. I do. So we would really love it if you would take the time to do that. Paula, I want to talk to you again. When your business is moving, I'm guessing there might be other pivots down the road because there's so much life left to live. Um, Mm -hmm. I would love to have you back and we'll hear what you're up to at that time. I would absolutely love to be here. It's been fabulous talking with you. Yay, yay. So listen, I promise we'll have more Paula down the road. Until then, go check out her stuff. Paula, thank you again for talking to us today. Thank you.